This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. As we start things out here tonight, I know, Mark, you got an, uh, an email about personal advice. We don't mm-hmm. normally get too many personal questions on the show, but I do enjoy uh, I do enjoy them when they come through. So let's talk about that to start things out. Of course, your calls are primary. Uh, if you make them, we'll talk to you about anything at 1-800-259-9231. This one's from uh, Jeremy. Hey, guys. Uh, Mark, here's a question. Did you register Jack with the government, um, i.e. get him a birth certificate? We're expecting our first in uh, October the 12th, and I don't know what to do. I don't want my child to hate me later on in life because we made things difficult by not registering him. uh, Stupid, hippie parents. In addition, I'm uh, American and my wife's Australian, and we live in Australia. Should we go through the process to make our baby an American citizen so that he or she has every opportunity to live and work in America if he or she chooses when he or she grows up? It was. Uh, I was discussing this with my wife and asked what she would do if we were in Somalia and some warlords came into the hospital demanding that we register our baby with their gang or they would stop him or her from getting into local schools, etc. What do you guys and the, the listeners think? The question was to you. Right, you're I guess, the one with the, the newborn. The, the answer is that uh, I certainly got a, uh, I got a birth certificate uh, for Jack. I thought that uh, <laughs> life would be difficult without a birth certificate. Um, also... We registered him with the Social Security Administration so that uh, we could write him off on our little taxes. I, I don't know how much you get for every baby, but I, my understanding, you get something for babies. And, uh, yeah, so I, I, I went through the whole process. I didn't want to, uh, you know, deal with any of that trying to, trying to hide the kid thing. Wayne, how about you? You've got two kids? Yeah, I have two. And how did you handle that situation? Well, it was a while ago. Um, I, we've got one twelve and one nine, but they both have birth certificates. Uh, in fact, they kind of signed them up without you even approving. You can you can order it from that state and that town any time later mm-hmm. on. In fact, I didn't even have it for my daughter until about three months ago when she was running track, and she we had to ha- show it in order for her to validate her age in her age group for this track meet she okay. ran in the states. And uh, but. You know, I'd say if it were me, I I, I just believe in in uh, interacting with the government as little as possible if you can, because uh, you know these kids are all being tracked, obviously for whatever reason, maybe national service later on or whatever, and and the less you can be in the crosshairs of government, the better. Absolutely, though I see, uh, I would. If I were a parent, and I am not, I would like the idea of not signing my kid up for all these things, and then if he wanted to later on in life, he could make the decision for himself exactly. to go and do those things. It's but not, yeah. one of the points was that they are living in Australia, right, Mark? Was that the part of the story? So they want to eventually move to America? Is that the idea? Well, who knows what they want to do? They want to have options. So that could kind of be a pain, right? That could be yeah. difficult trying to get your kid. I mean, you can't get a passport to go to another country without having the birth certificate. And so there you're already into the system there. And if you want to move out of Australia, then you pretty much are going to have to jump through these hoops. Because how else are you going to get a passport to, to leave, right? That's right. So they've they've really got you all kinds of different ways. And you have to, at some, at some point, if you want to interact with the rest of society, there will be some level of bowing down to the state that will be required for it. I mean, if you want to open a bank account, you probably are going to have to have some sort of form of government identification. And again, if, you, if you're not going to live out in the middle of the woods, 
to some extent you will have to play by their little their rules. So yeah, I can I, see where people are coming from, where they feel like they have to get their kids these you, things. You know what? It's a lot easier to get into the system than it is to get out. Oh, that's absolutely true. Yeah, that's true. Now, don't we don't we know somebody in the area, Mark, that actually does not have any sort of government paperwork for their son? Or I, is that I, not true? I, I've known people that have uh, tried to do just that, but they have failed uh, because you know they. If you have, uh, if if I'm thinking of the same person that the you gentleman are, that helped with your house, yeah, and and he's concerned about his privacy. That's why we're not mentioning yeah. his name. <laughs> Um, no, they the hospital actually tricked him and sent in the uh, really? the Social Security, um, you know, registered his child with Social Security Administration and all that stuff. And this is, you know, I, I didn't have – Jack wasn't born in a hospital. He was born in a birthing center. And so, you know, I, I made it clear to the, the midwife that that's not something that we intended – you know, that, that I wanted her to be involved in. Look, you're here to help us give birth to the baby. Yeah. That doesn't require any paperwork given to the government. So you could get the birth certificate, and that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to sign you up for the Social Security thing, right? You could get a birth certificate and insist that they not fill out any Social Security paperwork. One does not necessarily mean that the other happens, Correct. does it? I, I, as far as I know. But th- see, that's been one of my pet peeves, is that I didn't get a Social Security number until I was about 15 when I was ready to go into the workforce. My mm-hmm. dad signed me up for it. You know, He thought he was doing the right thing. Now I regret getting it, but you know, I got it. Whereas now they want to, they want to sign you up at birth. I mean, the, you, you just yeah. get popped out of your your mother's womb, and all of a sudden they've got you, you, they're signing you up for this number. You're in the system, and and it really aggravates me because I mean, why do they have to do that? These, this kid's not going to need that number. Yeah, that I would not have appreciated. I mean, I would have appreciated if my parents did not get me the social security number. I could understand the need to get that birth certificate in order to cross a border, for instance. I mean, I'm going to be going to Canada within the uh, t- next 24 hours. And I, I have a passport, and I got that passport because I have a birth certificate. So getting in and out of the country can be very, very difficult unless you're wanting to smuggle yourself in and out, which we may end up having to do. We may have to smuggle ourselves back in, but that's a whole other story. We talked about that last night. Um, so I can understand getting the birth certificate, but I, I would say stop there. I mean, there's no reason to comply beyond what the bare, bare minimum is. And it would seem the bare minimum would be the birth certificate. So you could go on into the future and take that to the Social oh. Security office and get a Social Security number if that's something that you or your ch- rather your child decided uh, he wanted to do. A later it does point allow life. flexibility in what you're talking about there. However, there is a uh, the, there's a bonus to uh, give, getting a Social Security number. Not only does the government want you to get a Social Security number, they give you a little, there's a carrot and a stick. The carrot is you get to write them off on your taxes. Yeah, you for those of you who do taxes. Right. For yeah. there's, so there's thousands of dollars in, in some cases bonus to, you know, uh, getting your kid a Social Security number. It's either three or $500 per child. Is that what it is? Yeah, okay. I forgot which. So if you're willing to sell your uh, son down the river for a few pieces of silver, then you should get the Social Security number too, is what you're saying, right? Chances are good your son's going to pay taxes. Well, I don't know. If he's born in a place where he's surrounded by people that aren't paying taxes, perhaps he won't pay taxes. Possibility exists. Although, then again, how do you get a job without a Social Security number? I mean, is that possible? Certainly, you could work mow lawns and stuff like that. But as far as a J-O-B, corporate uh, America kind of job, even flipping burgers, they're going to want a Social Security card. Is it possible? Does anybody have experience with this? Is it possible to get a job from a non-mom-and-pop style, you know, like a corporate kind of entity without having a Social Security number? I've heard of some. You, you can have you can run your own business too. I, mean, I know, but anything that's outside of you know a family business or being an entrepreneur, because 
while it's certainly true that uh, young people should be encouraged to be entrepreneurs, there's something to be said for the steady paycheck and the experience of dealing with the public, for instance, and the, the very basic, basic job skills that you can get out of that job, that, that initial kind of low-skill job. And it's my uh, supposition, it's just a guess, that uh, you know kids are going to be rebellious in their teenage years mm-hmm. uh, and... I don't want to put a bunch of restrictions on Jack, and I think he's gonna. That would feel like a restriction to some extent. Uh, you mean not having a government not having number, a, right? Not but having he a could government go get number. It. Yeah, see, that's all I'm saying. He. That's that's why I would, what I'm saying is I would have would have appreciated it if I'd have been given that choice. Sort of like I'd have appreciated it if I'd have been given the choice to be circumcised or not. Uh, you know, these choices that parents make for their kids when they well, are circumcision to... has no net benefit to the parent other than, oh, my kid's circumcised just like daddy. That doesn't have any net yeah. benefit. Whereas, uh, you know, when you're talking about five, when you, you, claim, you claimed couple... $500 a yeah. year that uh, you would save on your uh, federal taxes, that's over the, the life of the child. It's is three uh, or five. Right, I but I don't which. pay federal taxes, so it's not a be- it wouldn't be a benefit I to me. I understand that you're looking at it from yeah. that standpoint. I am, however, right. do, and uh, therefore I look at it from the standpoint that I do. Even if you did pay federal taxes, it would seem to me that to give your child that extra bit of freedom to not be in the federal system to that extent would be well worth a few hundred bucks a year. I mean, if you can't afford a few hundred bucks a year for your kids, then you don't, I don't think you should be having kids at that point in your life. You probably can't afford kids. That's just how I feel about it. Well, I, I think that uh, you have a very principled stand, and uh, yeah. it doesn't work for most people's lives. I um, understand that. Most you know, people want to bow down and obey, and that's what most people do, and I, I find that sad, and I hope it changes someday. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And if your son grows up and gets into computers and starts doing piracy... Well, he made a, might end up in a jail cell because that's starting to happen, apparently, now more so than ever, where geeks are now being thrown into prison. We'll tell you about it coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, they're free, so enjoy those on us. And they include archives, so if you missed a moment of the show, just click and download right there from the front page of the website for your download and convenience. Totally free, going back for an entire year at freetalklive.com. Plus, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It is your only choice for more freedom, less government. There are 20,000 people that are going to move to New Hampshire in order to be activists for liberty. We've got over 8,000 of them so far. Coming up on the 9,000 mark, as I understand it. Uh, But there's nearly 9,000 people. 8,590 people. Oh, it's only around 500? Okay. Well, over 8,500 at this point have signed up, and you should be the next in fact, Mark, are you ready to announce your yeah, name? Yeah, I am. I, um, I'm, I'm happy to do that. Go to freestateproject.org to learn more about the program. But Mark has come up with a neat little idea that may result in, I don't know, persuading you a little bit so- to sign up sooner rather than later. Yeah, and in the ever-present search for uh, some kind of uh, you know promotion for my radio show, I thought I was thinking the other day I was I was looking at my uh, earlier to was yesterday the day before I can't remember I was looking at my uh, beautiful son Jack who's uh, mm-hmm. happy and healthy and kind of noisy and and you know just a, a great to be around and I was feeling rather grateful uh, for I don't know 
to, to God or to life or the universe or whatever provi- for providing me with uh, such a healthy baby. That, it is good to appreciate the things that are good in life. Yeah, and um, I know that some people out there don't have uh, that, that same kind of level of health that uh, my son's uh, uh, experiencing and that I'm benefiting from. And I thought, you know, it's, it's time for me to send some money to uh, St. Jude's Hospital. And what did they do? Who? I've heard of them before, but I don't really know what they. I know it's for Saint, kids. Saint Jude's but. is really great. Um, they, you know, they've they've got this great PR stance. They help kids with cancer. You know, I mean, how much better can you get? Cancer kids. Okay. Um, families of uh, children, you know, go there. They they take complete care of them. I I don't think it even matters what your income level is. They just take care wow. of you from start to finish, basically. Um, they put them up in hospitals right there while they're in. I think it's Memphis or something like that. Important question for our audience: Do they accept government funding? I don't know. Okay. I can't. I can't answer that. I, I don't know. I don't know everything about St. Jude's Hospital. I've tried to vet them a little bit. I know that uh, they're they're pretty good up there as far as uh, efficiency. Uh, you know, t- turning the donated dollars into research. That's um, good. They're they're very respected in the uh, the community. They've got four stars or something from you know one of those organizations that rates charities. There's actually a charity rating company out. There. Oh yeah, yeah. that's, that's cool. I, I think there's several of them, and so you know they. I, I tried to check them out a little bit today because I didn't want to just walk blindly in this. I've I've supported St. Jude's for years now, yeah. and, and I think they're a good organization. But you know, you get on a radio show with uh, with libertarians, and boy, they'll uh, they'll figure out some you know they'll figure out what's wrong with your organization if you uh, if if, <laughs> if something's out there. So I I did a little bit of research, uh, mainly through the BBS. <laughs> uh, people okay. people that are better on the internet than I did, uh, I am you know did it, and they gave their nod. So I I I trust them. And so uh, anyway, uh, what I want to do is donate some money to St. Jude's Hospital. And I thought I would donate $5 for every person that signed up this week. I checked it earlier today. I know what the, the total was, um, you know, and then if that total, wow. whatever that total goes up by. So you mean from Friday to Friday or Thursday to Friday? Uh, Thursday at 5 p.m. to Thursday at 5 p.m., I guess. Okay. Um, that would be the, uh, the, that's when I checked, so that would be best. So if you've been sitting on the fence uh, about joining the Free State Project, you've been thinking about doing it, this gives you an extra little bonus reason to do it because you're going to help cancer kids. Right. right. I mean, who doesn't want to help kids with cancer? Uh, I'm, you know, I can't afford. You know, I'm, I, I'm grateful. I'm not rich. Um, so I'm going to give, you know, five bucks. I don't know how many people sign up in a given week. I figured somewhere between ten and twenty people normally sign up. Whatever you can, you know, manage to get your friends. So hold on, let me see. If encourage I got them. Wait, wait, wait. Let me see. If they, this clear. By signing up for the Free State Project this week, if they were thinking about it, now they can help kids with cancer at the same time. You're being pretty generous because it's my understanding that you're going to do. It regardless of where the sign up came from. You're saying that anybody that happens to come across the Free State Project this week and sign up is going to result in you paying five bucks to St. Jude's. Not not only people that put down like Free Talk Live for where they heard about the Free State Project. Yeah, I don't want to put any uh, uh, restrictions on it in the so sense like if a hundred people from the Ron Paul uh, party thing they just had over the last couple of weeks decide to sign up this next week, you're you're in for five hundred bucks then, right? That's correct. Um, it is. I you know I mean. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be ready to pay 500 bucks out at the end of next week. Um, you know, if I have to stretch it out over a couple of months or something like that, you can be sure I'll do it. That, but, but 
you know, I don't, I don't want, it, it seems like, you know, putting all these little restrictions on it. Well, if you can get that, uh, if you write down free, the free talk live and then, and get a couple of your friends to yeah, sign yeah, up and you, cheap, you do right? it and you do it by the, 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 <laughs> you know, by, by the drop dead date. I don't want to do all that. You know, you know, Mark, I think that if you had, if, let's just say if 500 people signed up, I'm sure you, you'd be some, there'd be some help available for you to help you out and get meeting that obligation. Well, what I'm thinking is rather than the help, cause I'll be able to figure that out. Uh, if I, if 500 people do sign up, I'll, I'll do it. I may not do it next week. I can't do it next week um, if you're talking about that level of number, but um, I will do it. You'll like stretch it out. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do it or something. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll make it. I'll make it happen over the next um, year. Or you something. know, if I've got a if I've got a hook in order to pay the money, I'll do it. I mean, you know, I said I was going to do it on you national radio. Hook yourself? And, you mean? Well, I'm, I'm lying. <laughs> um, <laughs> you have to dip into the cigar fund. But I, I, you know, I'll get it paid. However, what I was thinking is. Perhaps somebody who is already signed up for the Free State Project or somebody who, for some reason, absolutely, positively cannot move for, um, to the Free State Project or they love St. Jude's or whatever the reason is, that they might want to do some kind of matching funds. If they call in, say they'll do it, then... I'll that, match you. I mean, I, we didn't talk about it in advance, but I'll match you on that. So now we're up to 10 bucks per sign-up, right? There you go. It's up to $10 per sign-up. Um, so within the next week... Uh, if you sign up, for the I, you know, I'm project. floored that you're going to do that. I, 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 I'm very proud of you, Ian. Congratulations. Well, you know, I, I'm doing all right now. I mean, I I've got my got... house and I've, I'm okay. So. I just, I, I, I just, I'm I surprised. Mean, if your poor ass can afford it. I can certainly throw down. There you go. I, well, I'm just saying that I, you, normally you donate to liberty-oriented causes. I yeah. just would not have expected, uh, you know, you to go in for kids with cancer or anything like that. But now, now we're up to, we've just doubled the numbers. There you so go. If you can uh, sign up, what I thought, what I was thinking that this might be a real benefit for. Is uh, the guys out there that are having trouble with girlfriends and wives getting them signed there up? There are a lot of uh, liberty-oriented dudes that are really they would love to convince their loved one, mm-hmm. uh, their significant other, to come here to New Hampshire to not you know just you don't even have to be an activist. Just come here with your you know, your boyfriend or husband or whatever who's really excited about this. But it's a, it's a difficult process con- convincing them. And I, I just, you know, they probably, this should be clarified that the sign, the signing of the statement of intent for the Free State Project does not mean you're committed to move to the Free State Project in six weeks or five years mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, the, the commitment is it's five years after they reach 20,000 and they're nowhere near 20,000 at this point. So, okay. Looks like, uh, Jason Osborne is on the line from SACL CAI. Jason, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, gentlemen. Hello, hey, sir. man, this, this is a great idea. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been thinking about uh, some people that, that I'd like to help, too. And uh, the, a couple weeks ago, I was out in Vegas, and I, I couldn't help but notice all of the prostitutes on the street at all hours of the day. <laughs> Hold on a second. Are you going to donate I was there. Uh, I don't know anything about them. <laughs> are you going to donate $5 to the Bunny Ranch or something, Jason? Here, here's hang what on. I'm going to do. Hang on. Tell me in a moment. Hang okay. on. We're going to bring you back. The Jason t- the Osborne, tickler. the man with a whole bunch of money to just spend on stuff. Uh, Who knows that? <laughs> he's he's got, got some money. He is a very generous man. And that. we will find out what he's got in mind here in moments. I have no idea. I'm completely in the dark. I don't know if you know yet, Mark. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want. 
And the toll-free number for you is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. Enjoy them, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. Again, shrine.freetalklive.com. And travel less and meet online. Try WebEx free. Go to WebEx.com, enter the promo code 600, and start your free trial of WebEx. That's WebEx, W-E-B-E-X.com. Promo code is 600, and that allows you to start your free trial of WebEx today. Last uh, segment, we told you about Mark's uh, little plan here. That you, you told me about this right before the program tonight. This is a brand new idea. I liked it. Uh, the plan is that, Mark, when uh, the next week is complete... So next Thursday night, I guess, you will then uh, you will at that point donate five dollars to St. Jude's Children's Hospital for every sign up that the Free State Project receives within the next week's time. Now you are only referring to members of the Free State Project and not friends. Correct. Yes, signers of the uh, the, the, the statement, statement of, of intent, intent to move. To move. Um, now you know I look. I'm not going to come hunt you down and drag you off within six weeks or anything like that. Just Signers. And I have uh, gone ahead and said I will match your $5 donation, mm-hmm. so we're already up to 10 bucks. And Jason Osborne, who is the man behind SACL CAI, is on the line with us. You'd begun to get into uh, something about Nevada hookers. Jason, go ahead with what, whatever your thoughts were. A little bit, yes. Yeah. So, so listening to Mark's story about the about the kids, you know, it started to get me thinking because you know I really don't like kids. But I do like, <laughs> don't you have I do a, like a little girl? I, I do. I like her, but uh, other people's kids, not so much. So there's all these these poor girls out there in the in the sad economy that we have that are just struggling, trying to make a buck, risking their freedom to try to provide services uh, to young men and old men. And it, the people just don't have the money to pay for them. So I'd I like see. to help them out, and I'd like to help Free Talk Live out. So everybody who signs up for the uh, Free State Project this week, uh, I will donate a lap dance to uh, any Free Talk Live host who wishes to take advantage of that. Oh, well, well, wait a minute. That, that, that doesn't sound like a motivating factor. <laughs> I'm not interested I in a lap dance. Just trying to <laughs> well, I know I know Mark is, and I know Gardner is, and I I imagine probably Wayne is. So yeah, no comment. Well. Wayne's got a wife. <laughs> I've got a wife. I can dream, can't I? All right, Jason. Did you have anything uh, else? <laughs> no, that's it. Uh, and, uh, I'm just trying to cover the other demographic uh, I see. that pro- probably is not really interested in the kids either. Well, uh, you, <laughs> I do appreciate your generous offer, Jason. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I hope your kid doesn't get cancer, Jason. Because <laughs> I, I hope not either. I, I think that in that case, I know you could probably afford the hospital bills, but I'm, I'm trying to think, uh, like, you know, how would I feel if I had cancer and I needed to have uh, assistance with that if I were a kid? And I would, I'm sure, really appreciate St. Jude's and, what the, and the work that they do. So even though I don't have children and even though I have a vasectomy, I thought it was important to go ahead and, uh, and kick in to, uh, to match Mark on this because I think it was a really good offer. Good for you. All right, Jason, get off the phones. Thanks for the call. So, you know, I, I, I think that uh, it needs to be to be said that I think that, you know, this is an opportunity for people who have been sort of sitting on the fence just waiting to uh, join. I don't know. They're, they're thinking about joining the Free State Project or whatever. Now you can do that much more to help people. $10 will go to St. Jude's Hospital. You and I have uh, kicked in, and I'm sure we'll get plenty more. And I'd like to say something, too, and I have no motivations related to any lap dances when I say this. 
For one, New Hampshire was just recently voted or rated as having the lowest poverty rate in the entire country. Mm-hmm. Secondly, uh, New Hampshire is, is the safest state to live in, up from fourth. It's the second healthiest state, up from fifth. And it's the most livable state in 2008, according to CQ Press. So that's pretty impressive selling point to your, your spouse or girlfriend. Even beyond all the liberty points. So you're, what you're saying, Wayne, is if the, uh, the liberty points, persuasion points of having thousands of liberty activists surrounding you and doing wonderful things to advance liberty in our lifetime, if that's not persuasive to your significant other, and sometimes it works the other way where it's the lady that's interested in moving and the husband isn't. So if it, we're talking about significant others. If it's not an, uh, interesting to, the, to them, then c- kind of the general points about New Hampshire like that, healthy state, um, most one of the most free, safe, great economy. It's the best economy in the Northeast, as I understand it. Yes. Uh, so there's lots of great points like that, and you can find more of them in uh, the Free State Project's 101 Reasons to Move to New Hampshire. You can find that document at freestateproject.org. I think you better search 101. They've uh, it, it, that's it, it's kind of not on the front page anymore. Really? Yeah. You've oh got wow. It. It's a great document. I've heard they're going to rework it. I've heard they're going to work it's on awesome. updating it. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's a little bit out of date, but the vast majority of it is uh, a great read. Is it any coincidence that New Hampshire has one of the lowest tax burdens in the U.S. and yet it's got the lowest poverty rate and one of the best economies? Yes. Yeah. So there you go. Get all the info over at freestateproject.org, 800-259-9231. As we go to Dave in Montana, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dave. Howdy. Hey, Hey, if our educational system didn't make uh, debtor slaves out of the medical students when they graduate, maybe fighting cancer would be a lot cheaper. I'm sure it would. And uh, what do you call, uh, I think you guys stumbled upon something here. I heard uh, Ian mention that a lot of dudes, women, restrict them from uh, coming to the, making the decision to come out there to the free state. So uh, I think that the government knows that women control men, so the, woman, the government makes itself seductive to, to the woman. And and give them much power over men, kind of. I, I and and they control freedom in men through the woman. So the guy that called just before me, he gives the solution right away: prostitution. That's why prostitution is <laughs> against the law. I'm glad someone appreciated Jason's call. <laughs> the government knows that if the woman lose control of their men, that uh, that uh. You know, freedom is a bound, a bound to rise. Well, it's and, interesting uh, because, you know... Because woman controller, you know, back in the day, you know, like when the lady took the axe to the, to the bar there in the temperance movement, the woman got mad that the men could go down to the bar and drink alcohol and carouse with, with the red light district, like, you know. We do <laughs> and see... And so they got to treat their men really good so they don't want to go down there and drink and carouse with the Reds. So they got to condone with the men, you know. But now that the man can't go nowhere else, he has to bow down to the, like they call it, henpecked in the civilized world, you know. But they call them battle axes. <laughs> I got another word, but I think yeah. because most men... Is that other word that uh, we lose our freedom a lot because we bow down with our other head besides the head on our shoulder? Yeah, we got gotcha. <laughs> you. Do you remember that woman who called in from Berkeley, I believe, about a year ago? 
who was talking about uh, how men have been kind of men have been kind of wussified in society. Do you oh, remember yeah, that I do call? recall that. Yeah, yeah she was kind of foreignish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she was. That was a really interesting call, but I think she made an interesting point that society has changed. If you look at the role of men, say fifty years ago, uh, it's a lot different now. Men are becoming more androgynous. Men are becoming you more. You can tell how the government makes itself so accessible for women. You know, and the banks they give money to women readily more than men. Even when I was married, I they would that. loan my they would loan my wife before they would loan me money. And I made more money. You know, and in addition because to what you're I saying, I become a slave to her, and then the bank got her <laughs> as the slave to keep me in line. So now the bank got two slaves out of one. You know, Dave. In addition to what you're what you're saying about all this, it, it seems that at least biologically, and I'm no uh, scientific expert here, but biologically, the the woman is sort of set up to protect, especially their young, and oh, yeah. so the, the whole protection mentality, the safety, security, men- right, security. security and all they this run right into the arms of the government. Yep, yep, exactly, and that's what government promises. You know, government promises. Well, we're going to take care of you when you get old. We're going to take care of you when you're young, and we're going to take have care more of more faith in the government than they do their own families and love. It may be true for a lot of them. I know it's not true for all of them. Obviously, there's some great liberty-loving ladies. But but a basic... The ones that make over the 100,000, you know, because they got a lot more to lose, they're the ones that are really... Thank you, Dave, as always, for the call. Appreciate hearing from you at 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it is Ian here with you. And the dude called Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features are free. And if you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at Newegg. You need some computer stuff? Well, Newegg's got it. Go to newegg.freetalklive.com and a percentage of your purchase We'll go to Free Talk Live. If you need everything else, uh, you can go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. In their 41-plus categories, you buy new, you buy used, Free Talk Live will get a cut. Enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com as we continue with your calls about whatever you want to discuss. Ladies first, it's Rosalind or Rosalind, one or the other. British Columbia, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello? Is it Rosalind or Rosalind? Is she there? Doesn't sound like it. Let's move on. We'll talk to Eric. Hello, Rosalind. Can you hear me? Hi. There she is. How do we appropriately pronounce your name? It's Rosalind. Rosalind. All right. So what's on your mind tonight, Rosalind? Well, I just want to, uh, you know, thank you very much for all the work that you're doing. And um, I'm a 65-year-old woman, and uh, I have been looking at the genocidal program for quite a few years now. Uh, But when I was a lot younger... The what program? It's the, the genocidal program that's taking place. What, uh, now, what is this about? Where is this genocide going on? With regard to the vaccines, the okay. toxic mm-hmm. vaccines that are being injected into our children. Okay. You're saying that the vaccines... Now, Mark, I know that you have not vaccinated Jack, your four-month-old child, uh, because you're pretty g- concerned about what might actually be in these vaccines, but... Do you think it's a genocide program? Is is that what is that your reasoning, Mark? Are you? It, it, it seems to be overstating it, but I'm interested in what she's got to so, say. So, yeah. Ro- Rosalind, you're saying that they're actually trying to kill off every single uh, newborn in America? Well, I think that there has been enough uh, people that have discovered that their children are becoming seriously ill 
with autism and any number of, of health problems through vaccines. Mm-hmm. And if we had responsibility in government and in health, here we had the Health Protection Canada in Health Protection Branch in Canada, which we no longer have. We had a, a world class, um, you know, laboratory here that that sort of was supposed to be looking out for people. And I think that there is an outcry around the planet with regard to vaccines. And uh, the only thing that I can come to, the only conclusion that I can come to, that this is not here for our benefit. You know, there's I been really some... don't believe it is. Uh, I believe I... that it's, it's uh, a Go program ahead. that is being aggressively inflicted on people because people don't want to, who don't want to have their children vaccinated are being harassed. I, I would totally concur with that. I, I think that, uh, you know, it, it, with anything, using the bathroom, crossing the street, there are uh, people, there are casualties. And uh, with vaccines, I think that there's, there's some problems with aluminum in vaccines. Uh, and you know, That's an understatement. That's I've, I've an also understatement. heard that the number one cause for uh, polio in the United States is the polio vaccine. Uh, but, you know, so I, I, wow. I, I, those, are just, those are just things that I've read, and they, they seem to be put out there by reputable folks. I don't know for sure. But I do know that uh, it disturbs me that they want to force this on you. Right. And um, I think maybe if you looked at Dr. Horowitz's, Len Horowitz's work, I have, uh, I, I, I have a couple of, uh, of actually audio cassettes of Mr. Horowitz's. There's also you still some, make those? Uh, they're a little old. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's also some evidence that there were some vaccinations administered way back in the 60s that were infected with or contaminated with certain viruses that actually lie dormant in the body for many years until you get a little older and your body becomes weaker, your immune system becomes weaker, and then they become more active. And so there's been a lot. Absolutely. I'm one of those people. I I suffer with uh, arthritis and shingles. And uh, I even had uh, my veterinarian tell me when I refused to vaccinate my dog that uh, he respected my opinion because he felt that his daughter, through her being vaccinated, is is now um, dealing with diabetes. Yep. Interesting. You know, there's a there's a lot of uh, anecdotal evidence out there that I've I've heard from a lot of different people. Um, you know, so one guy uh, I know whose uncle was uh, you know in perfectly good health, got a vaccination shot, and was dead within three days. Hmm. You know, uh, yeah. Well, I, you, you, you never go. know, and I just think that people should have the freedom to make the choice. I'm not saying that I know for sure what's in these, and I'm not making any. Um, you know, I, I don't know for sure what's going on with them, but I do know that it disturbs me that they want to make it so, uh, you know, mandatory essentially and i i get the impression that there's they're willing to call you know uh 0.1 0.5% of the population in order to uh, you know make sure that the other uh, 99.5 is is fine and healthy they're just mind. numbers to them right, right? They, it's just it's just well, statistics. i think that's conservative uh, estimate to to what they really uh what their main goal is their objective is and i don't know whether you call that you can call it calling i call it genocide all there right, well, Rosalind, I appreciate the call tonight. Thanks uh, for making it. 800-259-9231. We continue here, and we talk to Eric in Alabama. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Eric. Hey, how's it going there? What's on your mind? Um, yeah, actually, I called in um, about something different, but while I was listening there, uh kind of caught my ear. Um, about the uh, the vaccines, uh, I don't really believe that that is the main problem that we should be worried about Um what 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 about the RFID chips that they could be implanting? I mean, even implanting even if, in, in uh, what? 
And where? In the, when? In, in infants as they're born. Well, that would be a good reason. I mean, it's a, a legitimate concern. I mean, we were talking earlier this hour, actually, about what parents should consider or possibly do or not do as far as government paperwork is concerned for their kids. But what about something like that, where they may be, maybe without your consent, actually implanting some sort of device in your child? I mean, it sounds paranoid and it sounds crazy, but at the same time, there are people out there that are real control freaks that love the idea of being able to track and to implant these things in every single person in America. And if they had their way, these things would, would absolutely be going that. on. I mean, I don't think they're going on right now, but then again, I don't work in a hospital, so I, I can't say for sure. So it's, it seems like yet another reason to have one of those home births or possibly a midwife right. birth where you're not inside My the system. My son was born and nothing was stuck in him and nothing was drawn out of him. He was, you know... You were whole, there, you saw it the whole time. They right. didn't take him away and right. put they, him in they, some Where would he go? Room. It was a room, you know? I mean, but in the hospital, they take your kid away they do. and they, they disappear you know, for a this, while. This very antiseptic, uh, the, you know, they, they, we'll take care exactly. of this. That's what, that's what I'm saying. The the main the, the main point is is people think that they have control over whether they can d- decide if if their child is going to have this tracking device in them and then therefore they're they're not with with them the entire time they have to be taken away and only only the doctors or whoever takes them away knows what goes on in that time um and of course, there are certain things, certain measures that have to be taken for for the sake of the baby that they do have to do that. But I'm I'm just saying it it could happen. There are hospitals who are already you know jumping on the track of of doing this and um, you know with the consent of the people. But I mean, we really need to worry about the, the vaccines and and you know the last caller was talking about genocide. I mean. Yeah, that, that's that's a major possibility. I, mean, I don't know if I like the idea of worrying about any of it. I mean, if it's going on, then there's no point in worrying. You can only just take the steps that are necessary to ensure the protection and the safety of you and your family. There's but people really, need to be informed on it. That's, if, that's if, fine. If, exactly. if, in fact, there was a genocide going on, and I, I, I believe the term genocide would be an overstatement. I think that... Yeah, uh, I mean, that, that's definitely an overstatement, but I I mean, that... that, that right, was, these are people with good intentions. She, that's the way that... that you know, you can after you look at it so long, and and you know, she said she was what like sixty five. Yeah, she well, did say that. She's she's seen a lot of different views of things probably over over her lifetime, and she you know if that's the way she puts it together, you know that's 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 her right. But thank you. I, Eric. I don't actually see it as a genocide. Is more is more of control of of. Of what, sure, of and it's what? yeah. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. It, it's probably just people with good intentions believing that this is a good idea because it'll help you know find lost children or something like that. I'm sure there's a good reason to have a, a chip implanted. That's why I have a chip in my kitty cat in case he get, runs away and gets caught by. Hey, somebody. my cat's vaccinated too. <laughs> you uh-huh. know? I, the reason you know the reason I vaccinated my cat over uh, vaccinating my son is I don't value the cat as much. If you know he came mm-hmm. up stiff the next day after vaccine. I'd feel bad. Yeah. But, uh, you know, my son, man, I'd, I I don't know what I'd do. You know, some people view uh, these things as sort of the ultimate Machiavellian business plan in a sense, too, because, yeah, they may make people die before their time, but what they do in the meantime is they make you ill sooner than you, you would normally be ill. Maybe the last 20 years of your life you're not as healthy, so you have to use the medical system more. And uh, there, there are a lot of very powerful interests, too, who want that to happen. So... Uh, there's there's varying opinions on this, but uh, you know that vaccination is just one way that the public is being assaulted. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things, uh, other ways that you're being um, called, so to speak. 
Sure. I mean, inflation is one of those ways, for instance. Sure. You have to work harder. And uh, there's even a story about how sometimes when people are arrested, they die because of the adrenaline rush. Wow, I've not heard of that. Yeah. Coming up here, we've got more for you. 800-259-9231, including a story about a, a young man, I guess, well, 26, I guess that's young. Anyway, a young man who is looking at a jail sentence on a piracy charge. They're apparently now taking this out of civil court and making piracy into a criminal matter. We'll give you a little bit more about this, and you can probably expect to see more convictions like this into the future. Hour 2 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with the very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney, finalized the contract in London, and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code, 600, to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. We are launching into hour number two of the program. The toll-free number for you is 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Again, that number, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Starting things out here with the story from Torrent Freak at torrentfreak.com about a website called Elite Torrents, which was shut down in an FBI raid back in 2005. And today, 26-year-old Daniel Dove, or Dove, has been sentenced to 18 months in prison and a $20,000 fine for the work he put in on the private BitTorrent tracker Elite Torrents. Now, before we go on into this story, let's give a a basic technology explanation here for those that are not familiar with the, the realm of the torrent. Uh, Mark, let's have you give it a shot. Can you give this a try? See if you can uh, translate this to your Luddite speak. Uh, well, torrents uh, allow uh, information to be, uh, you know, stored on a bunch of different computers, and then um, your computer can draw through the internet's the series of tubes the information from all those different computers. That's pretty good. It's leveraging multiple computers to transfer files over the internet instead of it just coming from one single solitary computer to your computer. So it really can increase download uh, bandwidth uh, and speed things up. In many cases. Sure. If I was trying to uh, upload, uh, you know, some song or a, a, a file, a Free Talk Live uh, a show from my computer to well, 100 different people out there that wanted to get the, uh, the show. It'd be slow going. It, it'd, take, it'd take them forever to get it from me because it could only go as fast as my computer went. But if <clears throat> the first person who downloaded it had it available for upload also, um, then it would go twice as quickly. Right. And then... You know the next two, and they'd tell two friends, and they'd tell two friends, yeah. and so and, on, and so and on. And, right. It multiplies exponentially. Well, let me put it this way, dude: your computer gets to snort data from a lot of different straws, man. 
There you go. That works, too. And uh, the torrent programs managed to put all those straws in the right order to where you get a, a complete uh, file once all, once all is said is done. In fact, we use torrents on our website at freetalklive.com to distribute our month-long archive packs and it makes it really easy, and it's a convenient little thing. So torrents are very, very valuable. They're not always used for piracy purposes. But in this case, Elite Torrents is a website that, or was rather, a website, EliteTorrents.org, was a site that was a tracker, a BitTorrent tracker. I don't even so know what that means. I don't that's know. A, essentially, it's a computer that keeps track of all the different names and uh, or the, the different computers that are sort of on the network offering files. That's basically what the tracker does. It's kind of like the central clearinghouse for all that information. Okay. And uh, during 2005, federal agents assisted ICE, Immigration and Customs, uh, first infiltrating and then shutting down Elite Torrents, a BitTorrent tracker with more than 130,000 members. In May, they took down the server and left a message, which was viewed more than 500,000 times in the week following the raid. The message read, this site has been permanently shut down by the Federal Bureau of Investigation and U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Individuals involved in the operation and use of the Elite Torrents Network are under investigation for criminal copyright infringement. Daniel Dove, one of the arrested administrators of the Elite Torrents Tracker, initially opted for a not guilty plea, but his gamble didn't pay off. The jury was told that Dove was responsible for managing and recruiting the crucial uploaders on the site, the original seeders of the files, and that he also operated a server which was used to distribute pirate material. The jury believed this version of events and found Dove guilty on one count each of conspiracy and felony copyright infringement. Today, Dove, or Dove rather, was sentenced to 18 months in prison, three years of supervised release, and a $20,000 fine. Dove is the only administrator of Elite Torrents to plead not guilty in 2006. Another one pleaded guilty to one count of conspiracy and another count of criminal copyright infringement for his uploading of Star Wars Episode Three. That particular guy received jail time and home confinement, and on his release told Torrent Freak, after five months in prison and another five months on home confinement, I only have one obstacle left, 1.5 years of probation. Go to your room. Fellow site administrator Grant Stanley, at that time 23, pleaded guilty to the same offenses as the uh, other gentleman who received the same sentence with the addition of a $3,000 fine. Other admins and uploaders who pleaded guilty uh, included several other individuals. Dove's sentence is the eighth resulting from the Operation D-Elite, but this federal crackdown didn't end up causing a decrease in overall private BitTorrent tracker availability. Instead, soon after the raids, the Elite Torrent members spread out to other trackers. The major difference is that most of them are now hosted outside of the United States. So They didn't really do anything. Well, of course not. Of course not. I mean, there are lots of people out there looking to download these pirated movies and music and software, and they will get their hands on it. And demand and supply, right? There's a demand for it. Somebody's going to step in to supply it. Even though clearly jail sentences are being handed out, the people running these other websites aren't too concerned about it, especially if they're in Sweden or wherever it is they're operating from. So there is no way to really end piracy, and the federal government will continue to try to bluster as much as they possibly can and puff themselves up as though they'll actually be able to do something. You know, sort of in the same way that after a drug raid, the police always show how many pounds of marijuana they confiscated and the guns and the cash, and as the though question, it really made a dent. The question we should be asking ourselves is, A, do we want to pay for the investigation and uh, you know all the police that go into this, and B, do yeah. we want to pay the, for the incarceration of people that are essentially 
actually sharing files amongst each other. Correct. How, mon- how much money was made by these guys? Probably not much. Not it's a possible. penny. Well, no, it's possible they sold advertising on their website. Hold on. Selling the advertising on the website is something entirely different than making money by, you yeah. know, here, let me sell you a pirated copy of this movie. That's not the same doesn't thing. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. So uh, you know, it just doesn't. That's, that, that's not what goes on on the Internet. And so these are people that are sharing files amongst themselves. Yep. I don't think that that uh, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me that we should that we would want to pay for that and to to turn a blind eye to it and say oh well it's not me and there's nothing I can do about it is how the federal government has grown how all governments have grown mm-hmm. federal state and local governments have grown to these in- tremendous sizes and why we all have to pay so many taxes because people people in the past sat around and said oh well you know what are you going to do about it yeah it can't be city hall. Can't fight the RIAA. Well, we're fighting them here in New Hampshire, and we're having some luck. Absolutely, we are. Uh, 800-259-9231. So this is kind of interesting because we talked in the past when we had looked at the different lawsuits that have been flying around. Uh, for instance, the Recording Industry Association, NPAA as well, had filed lawsuits in the past against certain people that they had alleged had uh, engaged in downloading certain songs so i don't know how they ended up finding that out maybe they put a song up and managed to track the ip addresses of all the people that that downloaded it but they managed to target i remember there was one story about an old lady who she suggested it was actually her grandkids that were using her computer what a in surprise. Order to, to download these files but of course it was her name on the internet account that's so all that matters therefore she was responsible for it uh so these people have gotten I think up until well, this plus point, the, civil the, fines. The grandkids don't have the money. The old, little old lady does. This up until this point, I only recall hearing about fines. Like the old lady would have agreed to have paid X amount of dollars or something like that. And I don't know if I've ever heard, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I don't know if I've ever heard about jail time being thrown into the picture. Right. Here. I haven't heard about jail time for anything but, uh, you know, elite hackers. Yes, um, hacking certainly. Uh, but, but we're talking about uh, piracy yeah, at this point. Sharing. Right, yeah. file sharing. Have you, Wayne, have you heard anybody getting jail time for this stuff? Yes, I have. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going on. They've. And it's fairly random, too. In fact, there was even a commercial, a radio commercial down in the New York area that I heard several times. I haven't heard it lately, but I was hearing it for a while, a lot. And it was basically this commercial encouraging people to rat out their employers if they had illegal software mm-hmm. on their computers. So, no, it goes it goes on. It, it, people do get arrested and jailed for, for these things well, at times. Well, it's, it's pretty outrageous, and I just really wonder... If they're going to be expanding this, I mean, they're getting more warm bodies in jail cells, and that is what the, the state really likes to do. They love putting people in jail cells because you put people in jail and the jails fill up. You have to build more jails. The, the prison industry is a growing industry because they're putting more and more drug users and, I guess, pirates now in jail cells. These people that people are nonviolent. People haven't hurt anyone. Right. They're nonviolent. They're engaged in what are called consensual crimes where both parties of the transaction are consenting. The person sharing the, the film the person downloading the film, the person selling the marijuana, the person buying the marijuana, all consenting uh, individuals, and they're being put in jail cells. And as you said, Mark, everybody's being forced to pay for this via taxes. So we're going to see more of this into the future. As they continue to be successful at this, you're going to see jails full of geeks. You're going to see people that are they're downloading files being put into prison, prison terms of, this guy got 18 months. I mean, that's crazy. What are you in for? 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control and bring up anything. It is Free Talk Live. This is 
Free Talk Live. Our toll-free number for you to bring up whatever you want is 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features are free. We've got, oh, we've got a lot of stuff for you, including the bulletin board system. Uh, That's over 395,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about, from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all for free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That is bbs.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. As we go to your phone calls, uh, coming up, Wayne's going to tell us about China versus the United States. But first, we talk to Bill in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Bill. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, um, this latest tactic, uh, if you want to call it such, doesn't really surprise me in the least. It was only a matter of time before the government realized that they were going to have to come in and crack heads to prevent us dreaded file sharers from committing these awful crimes against humanity. Um, uh, It really floors me because now this sets a really dangerous uh, presidents for the years ahead. For mm-hmm. instance, uh, there, there, there's talk of technology coming out within the next five years that uh, instead of uh, getting our cable television content from our cable providers, we can get it directly from our broadband uh, internet connection. Sure. So, we're, so what are we going to do? We're going to go and arrest a family of five because somehow they ended up on the wrong website and got the uh, pirated version of House? Uh, no, they're not going to arrest the whole family. They'll just arrest whoever holds the Internet account. You know, the, what the government likes to do is it likes to hold certain people responsible for other things that, that go on underneath their purview. So, for instance, where they this is why they pick on business owners. They, they know that they can get business owners to do their bidding by making demands to them and creating new regulations for them to obey. And similarly, they'll know that if homeowners or whoever it is that has their name on the Internet account, probably usually the head of the household or whoever, so if dad or mom has their name on the internet account, dad or mom's going to be scared S-less that their 13-year-old son is going to be on there downloading something, and they're going to use the parents as essentially the at-home enforcers, because mom and dad don't want to go to jail, uh, so they're going to make sure they're real, real Johnny on the spot, or at least as much as possible, about controlling what their kids do online. Well, and, and the yeah, parents it, have assets. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, and another chilling uh, effect that this is all created is back in July when they had the GA conference. Uh, the United States is pretty much uh, laying down the uh, laying down the smackdown on all these countries, saying, "Okay, if you, uh, if we know that you're uh, uh, hiding uh, tra- internet traffic from people that are originating from the United States, we want you to uh, fess up, give us that information, or we're going to hold economic sanctions against you." So pretty much, they're just making everybody uh, uh, narcs. Uh, around the country, and somehow we are like the superpower of of the world that we can just go around and dictate uh, foreign policy to every country and uh, dictate how they how they do things, and it's it's really disgusting. And and what their laws would be, you know, essentially we're enforcing our laws of how one goes about sharing the things that one owns um, on them, and the, you know that that seems wrong to me. So the, the, you know, as far as the sovereignty of nations and and that kind of thing, and also it seems to me like a tool that can be used by uh, uh, you know, somebody in power and in, in, in the government to uh, say, you know, I don't like Papua New Guinea. 
let's say that they, you know, that somebody over there made me mad. Let's say that they are, uh, you know, doing improper sharing and go after them. You know, I'm glad you also brought up the point about people snitching on others. It's probably not going to be long before snitch lines are paying out fifty, hundred, two hundred dollar uh, snitch bounties to people that call in and snitch out their friends who they might know happen to be sharing files. I mean, well, we, we talked about a few weeks ago on the program how in a down economy, people are trying to get money wherever it is they can, and so the snitch lines that the various police departments have set up have gotten increased amounts of phone calls from neighbors turning in neighbors, friends turning in friends, brothers turning in sisters, because they need the 50 bucks or whatever it is, the, the stipend, they need that to pay their rent at the end of the month, and so they're willing to give up their their loved ones or people that they know in return for the the cold hard cash and so yeah, if they loved know this might be pushing it but yeah people they know <laughs> well certainly there are people that uh, they need the money and so they feel like well you know he's doing something wrong because it's illegal and so therefore it's okay for them to turn that person in and ruin their lives in order to get an extra hundred bucks so we might start seeing that when it comes to uh, the realm of piracy as well because that's just that's again what government does Turns well, neighbor against neighbor and friend against friend. What I'm, what I'm surprised is that uh, that didn't happen in this particular case. Uh, I would I would have figured if uh, the government was going to threaten me with jail time, uh, you know, snitch out everybody from from you know uh, all the other admins, you know, send them walking the plank and uh, try to strike a deal. I'm surprised that didn't happen. I guess they just uh, uh, they just uh, went in and uh, said we're going to be in this together and uh, we're all going to take our punishment together. So I guess it's in there in some small way they were they were making a point. Bill, I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. We're going to talk about China here in a moment, but first, uh, border-related info from the Department of Homeland Security. This from their own website, their press release. It actually came out a little bit earlier this year, but you need to know about it. The Department of Homeland Security announced a notice of proposed rulemaking that will establish biometric exit procedures at all U.S. air and seaports of departure. The majority of non-U.S. citizens and non-permanent residents, except for Canadians, are already required to submit digital fingerprints and a digital photograph for admission into the country. The U.S. visit exit proposal would require non-U.S. citizens who provide biometric identifiers for admission to also provide digital fingerprints when departing the country from any sea or airports of departure. So Now, uh, you know, if, if you look at the economics of this, the sort of social economics of this, Every time you put a restriction on people, a certain amount of them drop out. So if yes. you if you raise the price of your uh, you know bag of cotton balls from one dollar to one dollar and five cents, you're going to lose a certain amount of sales. Um, if you raise it to two dollars, you're going to lose more. If you raise it to ten dollars, you're going to lose more. And every time you put a restriction on some sort of thing, you're going to lose a certain amount of people that are willing to come to this country to spend money. I know I know that uh, you know the, the pervasive attitude here in America is we don't want them damn foreigners here anyway. We, I hate them. They're bringing diseases in from uh, other countries, and they don't love freedom. And, you know, whatever yeah. whatever the Ignorance. sick, weird, uh, xenophobic crap is that uh, people are saying. But don't forget that Disney World, Disneyland, and all kinds of other uh, businesses out there that employ all kinds of Americans, good God-loving Americans that eat apple pie at every single meal. Hotels. Those kind of people. Uh, they, you know, they their livelihood is yeah. based on... Uh, foreigners coming here and spending money from a, a tourist standpoint and i i personally as an american as a god-loving american i want those foreigners here 
Me too, but unfortunately, the U.S. government seems to be dead set on creating as many hoops and rules for these people to jump through and obey if they want to come here, do business, or enjoy themselves on a, you know, a vacation. They're just not going to come, and you're right, Mark, the statistics bear it out. As they continue to increase these requirements, fewer and fewer people are coming here. But really, beyond the point that they're restricting so-called non-U.S. residents or non-U.S. citizens, how long before U.S. citizens will be subject to being fingerprinted when they leave the country? They're already going to require that U.S. citizens have passports to come back in. How long before they're swabbing your mouth when you're on, uh, when you're on the way out and when you're coming back in? It's really not that far off from where we are today. Free Talk Live, more coming up. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us, including the wiki with over 1,700 pages created by listeners like you. You can go and get interactive for free at wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. Twelve scientific studies, including numerous uh, safety studies, Laboratory studies and two human clinical studies have uh, shown that Dexi, the active ingredient in Dexy20, or the, the ingredient um, in Dexy20, causes weight loss. Um, so I, it's been working for me. I've been taking it. Causes me to want to eat less. I recommend it for you. Dexy20, you can get it at Walgreens, GNC, CVS, or you can go to diet.freetalklive.com. All right, 800-259-9231. Let's talk China. Wayne, you've got a story about how maybe things are getting better there and getting worse here in the U.S. What's uh, what's the story there? Well, uh, Jim Rogers, who's a legendary investor, claims that the U.S. is more communist than China. Now, of course, after this, the, the Olympic Games over in China, a lot of the oppression of China was exposed in, in a lot of people's eyes. Mm-hmm. But uh, this week, uh, Monday, uh, Jim Rogers said that the nationalization of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac shows that the U.S. is more communist than China right now, but its brand of socialism is meant only for the rich. Uh, says investor Jim Rogers, CEO of Rogers Holdings, and he told CNBC Europe this. Uh, quote, America is more communist than China right now. You can see this uh, uh, is welfare for the rich. It's socialism for the rich. It's just bailing out financial institutions, he said. Stock markets jumped after the U.S. government's decision to launch what could be the biggest federal bailout ever in a bid to support the housing market and ward off more global financial market mar- uh, market turbulence. Right. You know, what they're saying here is that, uh, well, you know, these uh, these these big banks, they they affect the economy, and this will affect uh, Americans. So this is kind of like trickle-down socialism. But what they're really doing, what they're essentially doing here is they're helping pe- rich, rich pe- Do you own a bank, Wayne? No, I don't. No, you don't own a bank. Ian, do you own a bank? No, I sure don't. I don't own any banks either. The people that own banks are getting bailouts here, mm-hmm. and they're getting them from the federal government. Government, which means that every time this happens, and essentially they've taken uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and turned them into, uh, they're, they've been nationalized. Right. And, they were semi-government uh, but, but, before, though. Right. Yes. Th- what, they're, what they're saying is, hey, look, if you've got a bank and you make some risky investments and you uh, and you invest in, th- in some things that we you got sh- you covered. Yeah. Don't worry about it. We'll take the money from the poor and the middle class and and the upper middle class out there are paying their taxes. And even you, you know, the rich people are certainly paying taxes, too. And we'll bail you out. Don't, don't sweat it. Just go ahead and invest in whatever cockamamie, bullcrap idea you want to invest in, because mm-hmm. we got you. 
Right. That's it. And and a lot of the banks who invested in this toxic uh, paper, these securities put out by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are getting bailed out. But if you're a stockholder in the company, you're screwed. Really? Yeah. Rogers said that in the long term, the move spelled trouble. Quote, this is madness. This is insanity. They have more than doubled the American national debt in one weekend for a bunch of crooks and incompetence. I'm not quite sure why I or anyone else should be paying for this, Rogers told Squawk Box Oh, come on. We all know why you people keep paying for it. It's because you're scared that they're going to hurt you. You're scared that the government people are going to come and take you and put you in a jail cell. So you'll just keep paying for it until they rob you blind, until they can't steal anymore, until their uh, system collapses in upon itself. That, That much is true. The system will have to collapse in upon itself at some point. And it will. The bank stocks around the world are going through the roof. He said that's because they're all being bailed out. And don't forget about the banks that are uh, being absorbed, also being uh, just completely not just ba- not bailed out, but just absorbed by the state. All kinds of shutdowns going on this year. I mean, it's like one bank gets shut down, another bank gets shut down, and the government is taking those over and operating those. Now they're supposedly going to pass them on to other bankers. Sure. But what a mess! I mean, this country's fin- finances are in a real bind. Well, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were holding about 5.4 trillion in the most uh, unstable um, uh, debt there was, mortgage debt there was. Mm -hmm. And, of course, all the banks were dumping a lot of their worst stuff on them. And, of course, now they're being flushed down the toilet, and the taxpayers will be expected to bail them out either through taxes and or uh, inflating the money supply. Um, So, again, Mr. Rogers says this is a huge mess. Uh, And despite a rally in the Asian and European markets, the decision to take over Fannie and Freddie is likely to cause more volatility and the needs... uh, Careful consideration by investors, according to Rogers. It is rarely a good thing to jump into a moving bus, and right now uh, you've got a lot of buses moving, he said. I might short some of their, of their investment banks in the U.S., depending on how they rally over the week, but other than that, I'll just sit and watch, he said. Rogers, who was short on U.S. bonds, says these are likely to, uh, to fall when commodities may rally. The two government-sponsored enterprises don't have good loans on their books because everybody else took the good stuff and dumped all the bad stuff onto uh, Fannie and Freddie, as I said earlier. So everybody is going to have to pay for this. If you, even if you don't pay taxes, you're going to have to pay for this because they're going to just increase the money supply. They're going to inflate the uh, the money supply by adjusting some zeros and ones in a comu- in a computer somewhere and just making all this extra money appear in the economy. And therefore, you're going to see gas prices go up. You're going to see food prices go because, up gonna... because the um, dollar itself will be worth less. Right. They, they've pledged a hundred billion dollars to each one right now. But that's that's just the beginning. That's the tip of the iceberg. When you got when you're talking about five point four trillion. Sure. When was when is the last time you saw a government program come in at budget? I well, mean, come on. Well, and, right. and on time. And a move like this is actually going to make um, housing prices fall further because it's going to make it harder to get a loan. Oh my! All right. Well, it, the rest of this story is sounding kind of like a stock article to me. So at this point, I think we should. Right, right. But there was another thing, though, an aside that it wasn't Jim Rogers, but I have been hearing from pretty good sources that I think one of the reasons why the government swooped in on on this uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac was because they were cooking their books. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were yes. cooking the books. Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, informed uh, um, talk about them for some time cooking their books. Now, these are two agencies which were quasi-government agencies, but there are a lot of former government um, employees who have gone to work for them after their mm-hmm. tenure in government and collected big fat salaries, and it's just a, a rat's nest of corruption. So if the government steps in and takes over the organizations, then they don't have to open the books up to anybody anymore? That's right. Is they that the bar- idea? They can bury the whole thing, exactly. Wow. 
And protect their buddies, right? Protect their buddies. All right, let's go to your phone calls. You can bring up whatever you want. It's Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Uh, Yeah, I've just been seeing on the news that uh, there's mandatory evacuations in some areas of Texas. Why? And the excuse for the mandatory evacuations is that uh, the weatherman is forecasting rain and wind. And that's an excuse to dispatch gun-toting goons in bulletproof vests to go around and arrest people who have the nerve to try to stay home. Don't forget, take people's guns, too. They like to do that as well. They can get away with it. Well, the thing is, they put this on TV. But, like, I mean, if you have to show up in court, for example, somebody hands you this piece of paper and that says when and where you're supposed to show up in court, for mandatory evacuation, they just issue a press release And what happens if they do the paperwork that says that it's a mandatory evacuation and they simply don't issue the press release? I mean, they could have these secret laws and, I mean, simply make a mandatory evacuation and don't tell anybody and then use that as an excuse for going around and arresting people. Yeah, apparently we all have some sort of uh, unspoken obligation. Maybe it's in the social contract that we all have to watch the news every single night. So we can find out if there are any orders coming at us from the uh, from our government masters, right? I mean, the the uh, the idea that there's even a significant percentage of people that watches the local news every night to get these uh, this kind of information, I think, is pretty absurd. There are a lot of people out there in America that they've only got enough time to think about working and putting food on the table for their families. They're not sitting down watching the news. If they've got some free time, they're going to watch you know American Idol or something like that. So they're not going to know about the uh, these America uh, these mandatory evacuations and what about people without televisions and you know the people that are sort of uh, cut off from all that information i don't have tv how would i come across this particular information if i'm on the internet listening to free talk live i'm not listening to anything local in particular so how would i come across this not that i'm obligated to follow their orders anyway but it's pretty absurd to believe that everybody's going to get word that there's a mandatory evacuation just because the government issued a press release not only that but uh what i'm getting at though uh, the worst that's happened to me was when it was a uh, snow emergency, and uh, you know, okay, I didn't move my car, and I wound up getting it towed away. But you know, they can just go ahead and uh, just make it le- like all they have to do is issue a press release, and that's the same as formal notice. Or what happened? There's no requirement that they even do that. Well, the point is here, and Tom, actually, Mark has a question for you. We're going to bring you back. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. More with Tom. Your calls as well. Anything goes. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can become an amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com for as little as three bucks a month you'll find out how to help us advertise market and promote the show we take that money in and reinvest it in free talk live getting on more radio stations around the country and around the world and in some cases we actually are international at this point and you can help us get more internet listeners on board as well and get all the details and the perks at, like the access to the amp only call in lines chat room forum and more it's all there for you at amp.freetalklive.com looking forward to adding you to the list of the amplifiers that's amp.freetalklive.com as we go back to Tom in New Hampshire Tom you're back on free talk live you were talking a moment ago 
about these mandatory evacuations, so-called mandatory evacuations, where the government just apparently deems it acceptable to, to fax out a press release to the various media organizations in the area, and that that is acceptable notice to every single individual within a particular geographic region that they must leave in the event of some hurricane or natural disaster. Or, the, or, or face arrest. Or, yes, exactly, face arrest. And it's pretty absurd to believe that that would possibly even qualify as uh, as any sort of official notice. But beyond that, it's absurd to suggest that we've all agreed to obey their notice of, of evacuations. There's never been a social contract. No one has ever said, yes, I agree to obey your evacuation orders should you send them out to any major media organization. And do I really own my home if I'm not allowed to stay in it during a disaster? I mean, if they're allowed to, to you know, pass some kind of evacuation right. rule, do I really own my home? All good questions. Tom, uh, other thoughts on this before Mark gets to his question for you? Uh, no, I, I just think that pe- in a free country, the citizens would be free to stay in their home. Seems like yep. it to me. Tom, uh, the question I had uh, for you was, uh, I know that you ran for state senate, uh, or, excuse me, not state senate, but uh, na- U.S. senate here in the, the state of New Hampshire, and I wanted to know how the results came out. Uh, was it yesterday, the day before, or something like that? I voted for you. Yeah. I got 11% of the vote against the incumbent United States Senator John Sununu by spending a grand total of the filing fee and, uh, you know, a few postage stamps to send back some candidate uh, surveys. But other than that, just, uh, you know, set up the website there that I already had and uh, uh, answer a few candidate surveys that came emailed, you know, a few interviews. But uh, spending virtually nothing campaigning, I got... 11% 11% of the vote. That's how dissatisfied uh, a lot of the people are. Yeah, and, and don't forget uh, the mentions on Free Talk Live. You know, that, that, that probably went a long way. <laughs> might, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Cause, cause, uh, I mean, you know, all I have to do is issue a press release to the media, and then, of course, all the people in the jurisdiction uh, have been notified. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Thanks, Tom, for the call. Good one. Appreciate it. 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. I don't claim to uh, agree with uh, Tom on every one of his stances on every issue. I just think that, uh, you know, well, honestly, the, the only way you're going to get these politicians to pay attention is to scare the crap out of them. And, uh, you know, Sununu needs to realize that there's 11% of the Republicans out there don't think he's doing that great a job. By the way, I don't know if we're going to get an update. Or more, I wish. I don't know if we're going to get an update tonight from our man Bile, who is currently right now at the Service Nation Summit that's going on in New York City. As we've talked about over the last several weeks on the program, this idea of national slavery is being brought back and, and bandied about in on the national scene. Time Magazine, uh, Target, and other organizations have gotten together to promote the idea of people becoming bureaucrats, more Americans becoming bureaucrats, and some have suggested they may even be talking about forcing people into it. Of course, uh, we're hoping to hear either tonight or tomorrow from Bile as far as what's going on, but he has been posting in the Imp Only chat room, uh, po- pointing out things like uh, McCain, for instance. By the way, McCain and Obama, both at this conference, both lending support, supportive voices to this idea of national service, so-called. You mean, you mean stealth draft? Well, yes. Uh, if it comes out in the way that Charles Rangel has been proposing it, it will be a, a real draft, basically. Uh, they, there are other proposals on the table that only want to make it a voluntary program where you do have to opt into it. But there are all kinds of ideas that, that are being thrown about at the moment, and apparently McCain has announced that he does support a particular piece of legislation that will double the size of the AmeriCorps bureaucracy. Now, this is a bureaucracy that purports itself as a voluntary agency, an agency that's uh, 
allegedly out there doing things on a voluntary basis or a volunteering sort of basis, and it's nonsense. This is an organization that pays its so-called volunteers $10,000, a $10,000 living allowance every single year, and in many cases actually puts them up in housing as well, so it takes care of their, their most major expense. I so wish somebody would pay for uh, my housing right now these and are, uh, give me ten grand a year. Yeah, these are nothing more than low-paid bureaucrats. That's really all they are. It's like a bureaucrat uh, training program for them to move on, meet new bureaucrats while they're there, move on into other bureaucratic positions after they've been involved in AmeriCorps, and that's and what we these, all have to pay for. But, it. That, ar- but that arrangement uh, sounds strangely similar to the military. What do you mean? Well, low pay. Uh, they provide uh, housing for them. Yes, and in fact, they're going to be probably tying in things like uh, like a stipend of some sort for college. So if if you choose to go, if you as you're growing up or whatever, and you choose to go into this. Uh, national service program when you get out they'll give you like a five thousand dollar college bonus or something like that so they're going to try to make it as a again as attractive as possible for young people to become bureaucrats for a period of one to two years and so we don't know what all of the details are but that's what they're talking about tonight and we will know more as uh, as time goes on because we do have a man on the inside who will be bringing the information i think he's mentioned it'll be no later than tomorrow night so looking forward to hearing about that in the meantime story from the new york post about a ex-cop now just because the cops don't have some cops don't have their powers anymore behind you know being able to hide behind the badge and hurt people doesn't mean they'll stop in fact you get into a pattern of doing things and you're just in the pattern of doing things yep in fact this story Self-appointed Long Island Railroad etiquette enforcer John Clifford lit a victory victory cigar outside a Manhattan courthouse recently, cleared of charges of harassment, attempted assault, attempted petty larceny, and disorderly conduct, despite two days of testimony about his long history of expletive-laced screaming fits against cell phone-yapping fellow uh, commuters. It's about time we brought some civility back to the Long Island Railroad. The 60-year-old cop-turned-lawyer had told the judge who found him innocent. And if nobody can do it except an old ex-cop who wants to be left alone, so be it. Clifford acted as his own lawyer in arguing against two misdemeanor charges. Somebody talking on the cell phone does not, is, is not, uh, not leaving you alone. Apparently, this man believes you have a right to quiet when on the subway system in New York. You know, if you, if you want quiet and peace, don't take public transportation. He acted as his own lawyer, well, uh, arguing against the charges. Oh, by the way, the and you shouldn't be required to pay for that public re- transportation through your tax dollars either. And two violations stemming from a March 2007 cussing and slapping free-for-all. He's now survived eight railroad-related arrests without a single charge sticking. Huh. Ex-cop. You think he knows some of the judges? You think that... I don't know, but it sounds... Possible? He probably knows just the line to uh, walk across on, on this uh, in this scenario you know he knows when he can slap somebody and when he can't and when he can you know scream at the top of his lungs at them and treat them like uh, dirt and you know this guy's out of control it includes a 1994 arrest for admittedly clocking a barely five foot tall female passenger in the head with his fist you think there's a line somewhere around there mark well, if she hit him first. <laughs> Other arrests were, alleged- line. were for allegedly screaming curses or tossing coffee at passengers, along with slapping cell phones out of commuters' hands. 
this man is not defending himself, Mark. He is attacking people on the subway who are talking on their cell phones, and these people are terrified of him, said the assistant district attorney. In the latest trial, three passengers and Mr. Clifford described how he screamed at a 19-year-old dramatic arts student, Nicholas Bender, who'd been talking on his cell phone on one of the trains from Long Beach. Clifford waved his hand at the kids, snapped his fingers in his face, and started cursing loudly, all agreed. Clifford really blew a gasket, screaming, effing faggot, when the kid then suggested comically that Clifford himself not blow his nose and rustle his newspaper so loudly. When a fellow passenger gave the kid her business card, offering to be a witness should he call the cops, Clifford slapped Klein's hand twice during a scuffle for the card, the witnesses agreed. He's the loudest person on the same train that he's trying to make quiet, said Bender, who got to court via subway and skateboard. Clifford Sounds ins- wrong to me. Sounds to me like he assaulted those people. Yep. He insists he, he is a hero, even if prosecutors say he's more Darth Vader than White Knight. He testified, people will come up to me and wait till everyone gets off and shake my hand or say, God bless you, he testified. You know, he's going to, the, the, the thing is, is he, what, what this kind of guy does is he's a bully. He's yes. picking on the dramatic art student. Do you get the impression that this kid might? Be, and he's calling him an effing yeah. faggot. Do you think that? Uh, do you think this kid might be a little skinny, a little? Uh, yeah, right. What if it was the Crips and the Bloods? Right? right. You know what he didn't do was go after the NYU quarterback. Do you know what I mean? The, yep. He went after the dramatic art student because if he would have done, if, if this situation had been similar, and I have, I'm sure I've talked to my cell phone on a train before, um, and he tried to slap that uh, that card out of the hand. Once physical contact ensued, I'd have broke his nose. Even the Transport Association is disappointed in the rulings. Even the Transport Association saying they don't want this guy riding their trains. They can't kick him off? No. How could they? More on the way. You can take control. Bring up what you want. Hour 3 is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. As we launch here into hour number three of the show, that's again 800-259-9231 and freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about. Your calls are primary if you make them about whatever you want. We're going to talk, actually, Wayne, you've got a story about our former uh, place of residence, our former uh, hometown. Yes. Sarasota, Florida. Mm-hmm. And this could be coming to a town near you. So I don't just think this is, you know, I want to make it sound like whenever we talk about stories that come from one particular place, like it doesn't matter because this does matter. This, because it's happening there means it can happen in your city or town or wherever it is you live. So what are these bureaucrats proposing to do, uh, to do Wayne? Under an ordinance recently enacted by the County Board of Commissioners, any motorist who is merely accused of failing to pay a traffic ticket issued by a for-profit red light camera system would suffer foreclosure on their homes or seizure of other personal assets. Wow. And this sentence would be imposed by a, quote, special master rather than a judge. Oh, isn't that nice? A lien against the property would be filed against motorists who ignore a ticket issued I'm guessing, in any hold on. amount. I'm guessing the special masters are not elected positions. Oh, I'm sure they're not. But in any amount, even $5. 
And this would be done in defiance of Florida state law, which expressly forbids the use of red light cameras. But the law offers no effective impediment. Red light cameras or private companies running red light cameras? That's, it just says red light cameras? Yes. Okay. Why would does. a private company be running the red light cameras? Well, they're probably administering the whole thing and giving, giving the county they, or they the do. city a, a cut. Oh, I well, see. Because bureaucrats are incompetent. Oh, that's I right. got gotcha. you. So they hire the private company to send out the tickets. Yeah, sure. Fascism. It's just revenue generation. The company comes and says, hey, look, we'll set up uh, these lights. We'll make you some money. We'll cut you a check every month. It'll be sweet. That's right. So let me see if I've got this straight. I know there's more. Mm-hmm. But what I've understood so far, these red light cameras, if they ticket you and you don't pay, then anything you possess is up for grabs to the government under this new uh, rule. It would appear that way. Including your home and your property and your car, your car and anything and else. everything, yes. All your cash. Yes. And it, there's an interesting commentary on this, too. Uh, the author says the proliferation of predatory extortionate measures of this kind at the local level reflects a trend, um, which is the dramatic escalation of enforcement efforts involving traffic, parking, code enforcement, and quality of life measures by revenue-starved municipal and county governments. This is how such governments act when inflated home prices values collapse, taking property and sales tax revenues with them. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a tidy illustration of the way our current system is rigged to wring every penny from the productive class before expropriating them entirely. Some might object that it's unfair to treat local and county governments as part of the same system of institutionalized plunder that gave us Fannie and Freddie. But we really should dispense with that illusion since anything resembling a federal system still exists in the United States. Every government agency at every level is merely an administrative unit of the monolithic fiat currency-fueled warfare, welfare, homeland security leviathan that must collapse. And the sooner the better if civilization is to recover. Absolutely. But a part of this is (laughs) how do you get people, Wayne, how do you get people to – because I don't want to wait for it to collapse, okay? Because it could make that last for another several decades. It it could go on that long. It could disappear tomorrow, right? We never know when it's going to end. So in the meantime, I'd like to encourage people to do something else instead of just sitting and waiting and, you know, stockpiling gold and silver. Uh, to, to encourage them to non-cooperate, to encourage them to disobey. But when they pass uh, red ordinances or legislation like this, it just scares people into compliance even more. Because they're going to say, well, wait a minute, I mean, I could have I non-cooperated on this red light ticket, but now they can take my house if I don't pay the red light ticket, so I can't non-cooperate because I don't want to lose my home. And so people are put into this position where they're so scared by what might happen to them that they take no action whatsoever and they just stand by as tyranny rises up in America. That's that's the situation we're in right now. I can't I can't even persuade libertarians. I can't even persuade most liberty lovers to non-cooperate. Most of them, you know, they don't want to put anything on the line. They'd rather go and just vote and run political candidates and do all the safe stuff. They don't want to take any sort of steps outside of their comfort comfort zones because they're concerned about stuff like this. They're concerned and it's a legitimate concern. I don't want to sound like I'm coming down on them. My girlfriend is one of these people all right so i i understand where it's coming from i used to like uh flying under the radar as well but i feel like there has to be a line in the sand for people where is your line in the sand i was asking this question over on the new hampshire liberty forums recently at nhliberty.org i was asking people where is your line in the sand and uh, many of them to their credit were honestly coming back and saying i don't know if i have a line in the sand 
So they don't even know. They don't have an onus of criteria as to what it would take. They don't know when their line would be crossed because they don't know where their line is or if they even have a line in the sand. Okay, well, a good question to ask is, let's just say you're working through a parking lot, and all of a sudden you realize that two men um, are following you, and they're gaining on you, and you suspect that you might be mugged. Mm-hmm. So do you have a line in the sand or do you let them mug you? Yeah, well, that's a good question. Are you asking me personally? Yes. Depends on what's on the line, right? I mean, it depends. Is is my girlfriend there with me? Is uh, How much money do you have in your pocket? Do they have a gun? Uh, you know, how much money do I have? Yeah, exactly. I mean, do you have a gun? It, it depends. It depends on the circumstance. So, and, and if you have a gun, do you want to shoot somebody dead over $100? Right. Eh, no, not really. Because then you've got to deal with the cleaning up that mess or running away or whatever it is you'd have to deal with in that case. In many cases, it may be better to just let the 100 bucks go than to be See, beaten up. But Understood. But uh, at the same time, if these guys rob you and get $100 off of you, likely they'll get your gun too, by the yeah. way. Um, then they, then you, what you have is successful thieves that are now armed. Yeah. And you've let them loose on uh, society. I, I think that you have a certain, certain it, to me, I would feel a certain social obligation to put a bullet in each of their heads. Well, I definitely see I definitely see where you're coming from. It's just that, unfortunately, then you have to deal with the police who will come along and accuse you of uh, murder. Oh, yeah. And then you've got all I kinds of problem. You've got all kinds of complications. So if you can get away with it, if you can get away with putting bullets in their head and then leaving the scene and not being found out, then that'd be one thing. Uh, but <laughs> that's a messy situation. But my man. point here, Ian, is that people even in that situation don't really realize where their line in the sand is, where their tripwire is. And so it's the same with government. You know, they don't really, they haven't thought about it. Now, there's a lot of people... Well, they need ha- to think about it. Sure. We all need to think about it. But, for example, those two people who are thinking about mugging you, whether you're armed or not, there are subtle ways to deter them from, from coming any closer. I mean, they're relying on the element of surprise, for example. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't give them that, if you turn around and say, don't come any closer, then the element of surprise is gone. And, and sure. you've got some distance between you. So there are ways you can do it without having to shoot them. And plus, we should—I should point out that it's it, while it's a, an interesting analogy, it's not a perfect analogy because right. the difference between the two criminals, uh, you know, the low-life scum that's going to do something like that under the cover of darkness, and the government is the the legitimacy factor. I mean, most of us here know that the government is indeed just a a, a gang writ large. It's just the largest gang, and uh, they they rule by violence and they rule by threat of force and they steal and they do things that gangs do but most people don't see them as a gang because they've got this aura of legitimacy about them and that's our saving grace really because they can't just go and be complete tyrants right off the bat they have to increment you know they have to go step by step before they can get to you know total tyranny the totalitarian state and so in order to maintain their aura of legitimacy they have to pretend as though that there's a process. They have to pretend as though the courts mean something. They have to pretend as though, you know, you're getting a fair trial. They have to, there's all kinds of things they have to, hoops they have to jump through in order to expropriate money from you. And so non-cooperating with the government is different than just letting the, uh, it's different than standing up against the two, the two thugs because you can do it publicly. You can do it without violence. You can, uh, it's not a quite an, an exact analogy. And I no, want to make sure we point that out. But you know something, if you're, if you're uh, a resident of this area, you can organize protests. You can maybe find some people that might want to bring a lawsuit against them for violating state law. You don't have to non-cooperate always. You could do other things to bring public awareness to it to get them to stop doing it. 
But has it ever gotten them to stop doing it, Wayne? I mean, all the public awareness and all the talking and all the politics and all the uh, even protests. if they get their hands slapped, no one it, like th- that's it. It's a hand slap. No yeah. one and the, no one gets fired. No one, uh, you know, nothing. all of all of the political activity that has gone on over the last several decades has it resulted in less government and less tyranny? Nope. I don't think you can say yes to that. 800-259-9231. And what about that term special masters? Let's look into that in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us, including the updates. You get signed up, and we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about Free Talk Live. Head on over to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates. .freetalklive.com and the world's largest machine gun shoot and military gun show is October 10th, 11th, and 12th at Knob Creek Gun Range. It's fun for the whole family with machine guns and flamethrowers for rent, (laughs) helicopter rides, and 800 tables showcasing handguns, rifles, shotguns, and more. It opens at 9 a.m., $10 per person, knobcreekrange.com. That's Knob Creek Range. Dot com. Fun for the whole family with the flamethrowers. Fun things go boom. Sounds yeah, like a good know, time. It, it does sound like a good time. And they have this uh, sort of grand finale event that they do every, uh, I guess it's twice a year, so uh, mm-hmm. you know, semi-annually there. It got rained out earlier this year. It did. And by the way, if, you, <laughs> if you're interested in doing something like this, you need to go to this one because apparently uh, if, if he has any more financial problems... That's it. He's done. Huh? Yeah, he said uh, this. This really wiped him out. And if they, if he has any more problems, it's like he's done. So, um, so get out there. Yeah, get out there. Knobcreekrange.com. Knob the um, yeah, uh, but but the the grand finale. They have fifty five gallon metal barrels full of diesel fuel that people shoot with incendiary rounds. Ooh, what state nice. is Knob Creek? Uh, Kentucky. Kentucky. Okay. Very good. Can you imagine? I mean, shooting big, huge barrels full of. <laughs> Diesel fueled incendiary rounds, uh, machine gun incendiary. It's got to be crazy. See, they should dress those barrels up as people you don't like. It's nighttime. I don't think you can see anything. I've I've seen footage from this, and yeah, that way the, crazy the explosions are more impressive because it's dark and you can really it really lights things up. So, uh, I think there's actually a Google video somewhere of the Knob Creek fin- final shoot, basically, and you can kind of get some idea of what it might be like. Obviously, without the reality surrounding you, but it's it's a kind of a peek into all the explosions that you'll <laughs> be seeing if you're there. Good times. All right, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The story as Wayne is sharing with us is out of our old hometown of Sarasota, Florida, where. They apparently have the the newfangled red light cameras all about town, and I guess they've been having a problem with people not paying them because there have they've passed some sort of new ordinance now that is demanding or that it is telling people that if you don't pay, then we're just going to steal your house from you and your car and whatever else we damn well want to take from you. We can take anything that is yours from you for not paying the red light tickets. Any amount, too. Five dollars, even. And what I found awfully telling, and this isn't the first time I've heard the term being used, but I I found it awfully telling that this is going to be something that will be administered by what they call a special master. So if you want to go and challenge the ticket, for instance, you have to go in front of the special master in order to do that. And you think to yourself, huh, well, why wouldn't they call him a judge? What's Why why call him a special master? I mean, it was... It was pretty obvious before that the government thinks they're our masters, but now they're just 
letting it right out there, aren't they? They're just throwing it right in your face saying, hey, we're the master. And that means that you are the... Slave. Of course. So now they're just throwing it right out there. There you go. Masters and slaves. Now, was it supposed to be that way? Was that the original intention behind government? Was it government came Not first? Not in this country. Was it that no. the government came first and then the people came? Mm-hmm. So no, it wasn't the, that way. In other words, the supposed servants have become the predators? Yes. And I think it's absolutely outrageous. So, of course, the question then is, now we're back to the same discussion we were having earlier, what to do about this? Because people are so cowardly and so scared to stand up to the state, they're just going to pay the damn tickets because they don't want to lose their house. And how is this going to get turned around exactly? Oh, okay, I know. You can vote, right? You can go and run some people for county office and then go and vote. I was uh, thinking about this last night. Um, I couldn't sleep and I was kind of up thinking about it and i uh voted for in three contested primaries in the primary election here up in uh, new hampshire i'm happy to be able to vote i i like uh, not having to uh you know sneak a by in florida I, I voted a few times mm-hmm. uh you know it was illegal but up here i can do it and i was thinking back to the last time i voted for somebody who actually got in office can you remember i think it was 1998 with jeb bush Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Well, but but I mean, you know, that's, yeah. that's how long ago it was. And, and what did he do for well, a smaller government? Uh, where was the smaller Where was the smaller government yeah. option um, in Florida in 1998? I, I, you know, I mean, I'm sure he campaigned yeah. as a smaller government guy. It's what his brother did. I'm sure he did, but uh, we forgive you. You were a little more clueless then. Well, either way, I, 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 I'm not looking for uh, to be to be absolved. All I'm simply saying is, it's been that long since I voted for somebody who got in. So this voting thing, not working for me. Well, apparently, Mark, that just means the majority of people think it's okay for you to be having your house stolen from you for not paying the red light fines. The majority of the people are obviously very upset that people are not paying red light fines, and uh, they're completely okay with this. No, so I don't think really that it is the majority of the people at all. It's the uh, county co- commissioners down there in Sarasota, uh, Florida. But Just wait till this comes to your city, because this is going to spread. If they get away with it down there, even though that you said, Wayne, it won't happen. It won't happen up here in New Hampshire where we are, because oh, hell no, the, the, act, the activists will freak out. Oh, next next week... We've got, or not next week, in a couple weeks, we've got two activists going into court on the same day. Russell Canning, who we've talked about a number of times, one of the super uh, civil disobedient superstars here in New Hampshire, is going to be there in uh, Keene, I think it's the district court. And also a uh, young man who's a New Hampshire native, uh, Nick Ryder from the Ryder Report, is going to be also in court that day and he is not he's going to be in there on a speeding ticket and he's going to make it clear he's not paying that speeding ticket which could result in his arrest and i have to uh, i have to applaud nick for being so courageous in this way this is not an easy choice to make no nope. not at all but we've got people here who are willing to take those risks and make those choices to stand up against this tyranny for the benefit of everybody and if we could have more people here that would be willing to do the same thing what would they do they can't build jail enough jail space to put everybody in there who wants to who's going to non cooperate if we had a bunch of people non cooperating. Really, it's the end of their system if people stop granting them authority over them over their own lives. Anyway, we go to your phone calls and talk to Rich. No, he's gone. Let's talk instead to Jonathan in Texas on the amp line. Hello, Jonathan. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, uh just a little background. Uh my city maintains our uh, water utility, mm-hmm. uh, and so they build that along with the uh, trash pickup and whatnot. 
And in the corner of the water bill, there's usually a little community notice type thing of parades or whatever is going to be going on. Sure. And this month, the notice said, remember, all alarm systems must be permitted. Call the city police department. <laughs> wow. And I really didn't like the tone of that. So instead of just dropping my check in the mail, I went to City Hall and I asked the bureaucrat there what that was all about. And I was told that if I had a burglar alarm in my house, I'd need to register it. So I asked you, you just fill out a form or something? And she said, no, there's an annual fee. Oh. So I said, okay, well, what if I don't do that? She said, what do you mean, what if you don't do that? Then our burglars are going to come over and hurt you. Right. Right. So she said there will be a citation if I oh. didn't give them their money for my alarm system. <laughs> And I think that the idea here is that uh, burglar alarms go off, uh, you know, sometimes accidentally, and then cops have to respond, and therefore that people with burglar alarms uh, have a disproportionately large amount of uh, calls that go to their house. If that happens, then they should be billed for it. I agree. I'm going to bring you back. Hang on. I know there's more to your story. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And that's not what it's really about. That's just their excuse, right, Mark? It's about getting that money in every single month from every single person who has an alarm system and whether it goes off or not. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us, including the live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both free for you, so enjoy them on us at freetalklive.com. In fact, you can go straight to listen.freetalklive.com and you can see the list of listening options that we have for you right there. 800-259-9231. All right, so we continue with your calls. It is Jonathan in Texas on the amp line. You're back on Free Talk Live. You were telling us, Jonathan, a moment ago that apparently you got a water bill recently, and in the notice situ- uh, the notice area of the bill, they were letting you know that you need to remember that if you're going to install a home security system, you need to pay the government a yearly fee in order to have the privilege granted to you to operate that home security system. And you went and talked to one of the bureaucrats about it, and that's what you were telling us about. So go ahead with your story. That's true. And just to touch on what Mark had brought up, there is a separate fee schedule for false alarms. So this is in addition to the false alarm fee. (laughs) That's very interesting. Now, I I had a house that had uh, an alarm system in it, and I called it the cheating spouse alarm. It only worked on the front door and the garage door. It didn't uh, cover any other, uh, you know, there were were three back doors to the house, uh, each of them sliding glass, plus all the windows. It didn't cover any of those things, but just covered the front and the uh, garage door. And I, I wonder how, you know, just the fact that this thing existed, I would have to pay them an, an annual fee. That, that's, that's ludicrous. And it doesn't have anything to do with a, a false alarm, huh? Nope. That's correct. That's, that's nuts. It's just an extraction because they know people will pony up. So I asked this lady, uh, well, you know, what happens if I don't pay the fee and what happens if I don't pay the citation? We build up to that. And, um, but she said, well, well, you'll just have to see what happens to you. Ooh. Yep. <sighs> yep. Ah, ominous. Mm-hmm. So uh, I told her, well, you know, look, you can uh, tell the Zoning and Code Commission that I'm going to go home this weekend. I'm going to sit down at my workbench and 
solder together a microcontroller, some reed switches, and a siren. I'm going to build my own alarm system, and I'm not <laughs> going to register it. Now, yeah, would this require? Would it only be required if it was one of those alarm systems wherein they had some sort of communications ability? In that, if the alarm goes off, it notifies the police. Does it only apply to those, or if you just buy, you know, like you say, if you make your own alarm or buy the Radio Shack door alarm or something like that, where it's only just a siren that goes off in your home? Does it also apply to those, or is it only the automated systems that communicate? The ordinance says it applies to alarms that make noise, alarms wow. that don't make noise, and alarms that call the police department. So every single person that wants to secure their home, they're demanding that the police must be alerted to the fact that you care enough about your home to uh, to secure it, uh, regardless of whatever the means are. Right, and that's what I brought up with there. Is I said, well, if I'm not bothering the police department, why in the world do you think you have the authority to tell me what to do? Because we own you, she said. Right. Oh, she so didn't I actually said, well, say that. You know... Okay, well, what other silly ordinances do you have that I might be subject to? I mean, it was nice of you to at least tell me about this one. And she said, well, uh, you can look at the city ordinances. I mean, we don't have a copy of them in the library, but we do have two printed copies, one of which is in the hands of the city secretary and one is in some other bureaucrat's hands. And I said, well, how many ordinances are we talking about? She said, well, it's about 400 pages. (laughs) Right. So, well, uh, what if I wanted a copy of this so I could see the laws that I would be subjected to since it's not available on the internet, it's not in the city library. And How convenient. I, I can only get to it nine to five in the city hall. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, we'd be happy to sell you a copy at 10 cents a page. 10 cents a page. Okay. These, these folks are great. So, so when are you signing up for the Free State Project? <laughs> well, uh, I, I plan to as soon as I get my life in order that I can actually... Wait a minute. You don't, whoa, 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 whoa. You, you don't, don't have, to have to get your life in to sign order. Up. Let's explain briefly. Mark, can you explain what the concept of the Free State Project is for our new listeners out there? Um, 20,000 liberty-loving individuals moved to one state. Uh, with, within five years of us reaching the number 20,000, we're at 8,500 at this point. It's going to be a little while to get to 20,000. Yeah, it's going to be at least six years. So, yeah, I mean, you're looking at a several years to get your life in order after signing up for the Free State Project. And if you and sign if up within the next couple, week... if it takes you a couple of years longer, we promise not to dock your pay. And if you sign up within the next week, Mark and I will donate $10 to the St. Jude's Children's Hospital. So all the more reason to get signed up now, then get your life in order, then move to New Hampshire. How's that sound? That sounds great. I plan to do that. All right. Free State Project. Go sign up this week so that uh, St. Jude's benefits. Get the hell out of that uh, insane place where that you live. That is crazy. Where, where is it that you live in uh, Texas? Uh, this is just outside of Austin. It's okay. a little bit to the east of Austin. Wow. That's an, it's an amazing story. Did you have anything else to share with us tonight? Well, actually, I did. I said I didn't feel like paying for these laws that are going to be in charge of my life. I'd just as soon bring my camera in and photograph every page of a nice camera. I could probably uh, <laughs> make a legible copy of it that way. Right. And, and, um, they didn't like that idea, and that's the point I really lost my composure because oh. I mean, they're asking me to pay to find out you know, what laws I'm allegedly subjected to. So I asked to speak to somebody who got paid enough to take the, uh, the tongue lashing I was going to dish out, and mm-hmm. I talked to the city secretary and yelled enough that she promised she would email me a complete copy of the city code Oh, it all of a sudden has manifested itself in the digital realm. Didn't the woman tell you earlier that there was no way to uh, get it, uh, get access to it online? Yes, she did. Huh. So what I intend to do with the copy that I receive is I intend to post it on my website so everybody can get to the city code. Yeah. Well, now, wait a minute. You might, uh, you might violate copyright. 
No, it's very unlikely. Well, now, wait a minute, Mark. No, it's not, because the state of Oregon has copyrighted its laws. One state. And, uh, you know, well, where a bunch of lawyers... You get a bunch of lawyers together. The lawyers you know, are everywhere. They came up with a great idea here, or whatever. They copyrighted their law. Just saying. It only happened one place. Look it's, out. Uh, look, put it up on your website. The people of, uh, you know, Podunk, Austin, whatever, uh, they deserve to, 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 to know what their ordinances are. And it must be a small place if there's only 400 pages of ordinances. That sounds, uh, <laughs> that sounds small compared to uh, Austin, right? Yes, it is. I hope they do bring action against me, actually. Well, good for you, Jonathan. I like to that hear was... that, that kind of attitude, and I wish you the best of luck. Will you keep us informed as to uh, if anything continues to happen? I certainly will. Appreciate hearing from you, sir, and thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Good for him. Yeah. Boy, how, how outrageous is that? I mean, first of all, these government people, they suggest that they believe that there's this... Uh, social contract, right? They believe that there's some sort of uh, implicit agreement that when you move to a particular geographic zone... Right. You agreed to follow our rules by simply stepping into our right. town, city, state, whatever. Even though the rules were not shipped to me when I signed the uh, when I signed the agreement for purchasing my home, which was between me and another, pers- another couple of individuals, it didn't say the government was involved in the transaction... But uh, when I signed that agreement, you'd think that they, there would have been a copy of the, of the laws right there you know, for me to review to make sure that, that I absolutely was in, in agreement with the, uh, this, this set of laws that I was coming across. So, no, they didn't give me the laws up front. They didn't courtes- you know, courtes- uh, courteously send me a copy of the laws well, after need, the fact. You don't need to, all those things really don't matter because if I have a rule that only people wearing uh, you know, uh, uh, light violet, uh, violet-colored tutus are allowed on my property, then that's a... You know, you know, as, as ludicrous as the law might be, um, and you know, I don't have to post that rule anywhere. But you're, you got to leave if you don't have a violet-colored tutu on. Right, that's because you own the property. Right. Um, do they own my property? The government people? Do they right. own? See, that's really Jonathan's the, property. That's really the question: is if the government owns the land, how did they get to get it? I mean, it, where did they get it from? From the king. The, the, the king they beat in a, a war? You mean my ancestors fought and died in order to be free so that the government could take over? I don't think that that's what the real was. No, the they weren't fighting was. for freedom. They were fighting to, uh, I guess, take their own government. I think and, that they thought they were fighting for freedom. They might have. But the people that were in charge, were probably they probably knew they were fighting for freedom from the king, but the freedom to then enslave the rest of the people that uh, were on that's their geographic much what happened. zones. So that's the situation we're in right now, where the government doesn't inform you at all of their laws, but they expect you to know what they all are somehow, magically, because I'm sure so many homeowners go in and just sit down and spend all of their free time reading the 400 or 4,000 or however many damn pages of laws there are. Wayne, when you went and bought your house uh, recently, did you go and sit down at the town hall and study for a weekend or five years as to how long it... I mean, I don't know how long it'll take to read these damn laws. I, I, I can barely get through You get sentences. through them one... Even if you read a 400-page uh, book in, in, in one sitting, um, you know, it only took you a, a day or two. Did you read the, You wouldn't even know what it was. The, the laws in your town? I um, certainly did not. In. No. Huh. Well, anyway, uh, apparently if you want to read them, they're then going to charge you 10 cents a page in order to get access to them. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. Even in these remaining moments, just enough time for your call. It is Free Talk Live. (laughs) 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then learn how you can promote Free Talk Live by going to promote.freetalklive.com. All kinds of different ways to help us out, and most of them are totally free. A few of them very, very low cost. Anyway, get all the details over at promote.freetalklive.com as we go to your phone calls about what you want. It's Paula in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hello, Paula. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I just wonder now who you think we ought to vote for now. God, I don't know. Nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that. I'm thinking about writing Paris Hilton in. (laughs) Yeah, did you see your campaign speech in the bikini? It's great. I was thinking about voting for Chuck. Who? Chuck Chuck, Baldwin. got him Chuck. Oh, Chuck, Chuck, yeah, yeah, that's the Constitution Party guy, Chuck Mm -hmm. Baldwin, and, you know, he... I don't know. I don't know if he's better than Barr. That's a tough call. Uh, Chuck Baldwin. I think they're both probably better than uh, McCain and uh, Obama. Baldwin is a theocrat. He's uh, you know not by much. He's a religious zealot. He is anti-drug, so he's in favor of the drug war. Uh, You know they make it sound like they're all in favor of the Constitution, but the Constitution doesn't justify the war on drugs. So clearly they're. They're a little confused about their positions, and I've I've done a little. Oh yeah, and they're anti-immigration as well. So uh, the, anybody that loves liberty can't possibly vote for somebody like that. And if you love liberty, you can't vote for uh, for Bob Barr. In my opinion, obviously there are people that claim to love liberty who will vote for both of those folks, and that's because they feel like they're the lesser of the evils or whatever it is. But they're, they're not going to win. But the point is that none of the above vote sends a powerful message. And uh, wait, well, wait there is no none Paris. of the above though. I mean, no, wait. essentially that is none of the above vote. You mean you not voting? No, it will not or voting, voting for Paris. or voting for Paris or voting for one of the third party candidates that's not going to win because there's too many sheep out there who want to try to pick the winner. I may vote for George Phillies, but he's only on the ballot in two states, one of them being New Hampshire. So I have the ability to vote for George Phillies. And that's only because he's running up against Bob Barr and it'll just make it so Bob Barr's totals aren't as aren't as good. Just to kind of hey, slap Teddy. him in the face. Hmm? He said Bob Barr sort of slapped Paul in the face when he didn't show up at the... You better believe he did. Not only did he slap Ron Paul in the face by not showing up at uh, Ron Paul's press conference this week, but then later he actually invites Ron Paul to be his vice presidential candidate. Hmm. (laughs) You didn't show up to the press conference, and then you invite the the guy who was throwing the press conference onto your ticket? What kind of madness is is infecting infecting this campaign? Yeah, did you hear what happened on CNN with Ron Paul? No, what happened? Okay, well, um, Beck, he was talking to him about, you know, voting. He was telling people to vote, you know, for the other three, you know, candidates of, of uh, you know, he said, don't don't mm-hmm. vote for Bob Barr. He said, vote for the other three. But anyway, he said, well, why haven't you, is if, if so many people are going to vote for these other, you know, for independent and, and constitutional, he says, why aren't you going over to that? And it's sort of, he said, well, I wouldn't get voted in in Texas if I did that. As, as a congressman, he means. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he loses office. Yeah, he's that trying to, because he's trying to stay in Congress. I understand where he's coming from. He's having that. some uh, effect uh, there in Congress, so. Well, I, he's just, he gets yeah. interviewed, you know, he's influential to some minor extent where mm-hmm. he currently is, whereas if he loses his congressional seat, then he's just a former congressman, and the news media probably won't care. I mean, they'll probably care even less than they currently do about him. There's also a lot of great footage from, uh, on CNBC and C-SPAN of him grilling different government officials, which is great theater. Thank you, Paula, for the call tonight. Appreciate okay. you. 800-259-9231 
Here's a question uh, from the email box. Guys, you made a comment on a show recently indicating that you disagree with the idea that property owners should be held liable for actions committed by those on their property regarding the wiffle ball court that some kids set up on someone else's property, which we should point out that was government land where those kids were setting the wiffle ball. Yeah, as I recall, uh, it was. But anyway, he says, I agree, and this leads me to my point. If you loan your car to someone and they make a mistake and have an accident slamming into a family of six, say, then who's responsible? In common law, it has always been those who take action, whom are responsible for their actions, and not owners who did not know and agree to such action. Right. It makes sense. It it makes sense to me. You're the one behind the wheel. You're the one punching the gas or whatever. You're the one responsible. Yeah, and um, we've we've become a very litigious society, and I think it's it's sad that a property owner might uh, allow some kids to play on his land, you know, play ball or whatever, and then uh, one of them running around the bases breaks his ankle, and uh, the parents sue the property owner. Hey, whoa, I wasn't providing a playground. I just didn't kick him off. Yeah, that would be nonsense. Anyway, he goes on to say, I don't really understand your position then when you say the owners of corporations should be held liable for the decisions of the corporations. I do understand that you believe that no such entity should exist by government fiat, but you also have both said that the owners of corporations should not be protected by the limited liability clause granted to them by the government. Mm. The point is that the government doesn't grant them a limited liability clause which would not exist in a free market. Rather, it clarifies the law for the courts when determining the liability for which owners of corporations should be subject. Most corporate shareholders have no say in the actions of the corporation. Most corporations have one or a few shareholders with majority interest in the corporations, while every other shareholder holds a minority interest. As such, most shareholders have no say in determining the members elected to the board of their corporations, and even many of the majority shareholders are limited to simply selecting board members with no decision in the actual decisions of the corporation. In all states, I believe, current law holds that those who have the ability to make decisions criminally liable for those decisions and holds the property owners solely liable or solely rather limited in their liability to their stake in the corporation. They don't come after shareholders' personal property for the decisions that the corporation makes. And how could they? Most shareholders have no idea how the day-to-day operations of the company are run or what decisions the company makes. He's right. There's also a large arbitrary nature involved in holding corporate owners personally responsible for the company's actions. As an example, take the Exxon Valdez oil spill back in 1989. The persons whose actions directly affected the disaster were those of the captain of the ship who was drunk that night of the accident. Should he alone have been held what, solely what, responsible? What if he hasn't, wasn't at the wheel? Uh, you know, should, it, should it have been the, the captain who was drunk uh, sleeping it off in his uh, berth and therefore the assistant captain who was less qualified on, on the job? Should the captain then be completely ab- ab- exonerated? I don't think he should entirely. No, and isn't it the corporation's responsibility to ensure their employees are operating uh, correctly? Uh, you know, they, they've got certain things they're supposed to do in order to do their jobs, and drinking on the job is not one of those things so isn't it the the corporation's responsibility to ensure that their employees are behaving as they're supposed to well i think that uh, yeah i think that there is a um, certain responsibility in the sense that if i loan my car to you ian and uh for one if you uh you can't see very well and i know Mm -hmm. that i'm uh you know loaning my car to a nearly legally blind man or whatever 
I, I bear some responsibility of that. If I loan you my car and uh, it has a, a steering problem that I don't mention to you, uh, sometimes you it just doesn't respond at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you go plowing into this bus full of uh, kids. Well, I think that that's my responsibility, too. So there's some there's some responsibility in, in not doing anything, you know, in the, uh, you know, being in the passive here. That said, though, I think he's making a really good oh, point. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's skinning us. Uh, so he goes on here. He says, uh, should he alone have been held solely responsible for the accident? It turned out the legal system held the corporation responsible for not taking steps to ensure the captain would get drunk as the con- and as well, the Well, the control- corporation was um, transporting, uh, you know, thick, gooey oil across the world for its own for its profit, and I think that that. You know, and it, it 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 employed this man to do it. So I think that they do bear some onus of responsibility here. Right, but should the uh, the people behind the board of the corporation themselves actually have that onus of responsibility? I can see, like, let me finish the email here so we can get through it. He says, uh, so, but the shareholders of Exxon should they be held personally responsible? Should the grandmother in Maine who inherited stock in Exxon from her dead husband be held responsible when she has no clue how Exxon does business? And could Exxon have removed itself from responsibility for the accident accident if they'd contracted the services of an independent shipping company for all of their shipping requirements? I would say that uh, people that hold stock, if the corporation screws up, they're going to be held responsible in that in the, the stock's going to plunge and they're going to lose their investment. But we've said a contrary to, th- to that in the past. Well, I think I was not talking about stockholders as much as I was talking about the owners of the business, the people that Officers. are... Yeah, the, like the big boys who are making the decisions. I feel like they should have some level of responsibility. But then again, he's again bringing up a great point. If you've got somebody swabbing a floor in a retail establishment and they don't put the careful when wet sign up and somebody slips well, and, and I hurts think that, themselves. I think that as the, you know, the, the district manager uh, holds a certain responsibility to make sure that there are, in fact, um, slippery when wet signs mm-hmm. in that store. Look, I, I, I've been through here and you guys don't have any slippery when wet signs. How the hell would you doing so if the signs are there the employee fails to put them out i think that the employee has a certain responsibility um and, and the manager of the store yeah and the, that, the, you know the people that would be around yeah if they're if they're around right but if they're not there then how could they be held responsible i think the the, the answer here to kind of backtrack i guess a little bit on what we might have said before is that the answer is the marketplace should decide all of these things because you can't have a one-size-fits-all rule. Maybe there are some situations where just the employee would be responsible, whereas in some situations everybody would be held responsible depending on various different factors. We're done. Uh, see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.